0: If you've been around, you know that we're starting a series, which I never do. I never do series sermons, but we're gonna, we're doing that right now. And we're we're talking about uh, Jesus' return and eternity. Two Sundays ago, we talked about what is in heaven and who is there and what are they doing. There's a lot of stuff that's just culturally added over time that is not in the Bible. What does the Bible actually say they were doing? And then last week we talked about Jesus' kingdom, what's he been doing for nearly 2,000 years. Seated on his throne next to God, what has he been doing? Today we're going to look at what's been happening on earth. So it's a little different, but uh, we're going to continue on in in this series about the end of time and what does the Bible say is coming in our future. So, if I could have that first verse, Beth, on the screen. Here we go. This is 2 Peter 3, 3 3-7. Most importantly, this is Peter. He's already said, I know I am dying soon. This is my last letter. This is the last chapter of his last letter. And he starts it with, most importantly. Do you think he means what he says? Do you think he values it and thinks it's important for us to know? Yes. Peter says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. So Peter says, in the last days, there will be people who will say, Jesus isn't coming back you Christians are fools, the world has always been, and it will always continue. That's what he says is coming. That these people say, it's just religion, it's just philosophy, all this stuff about him returning is nonsense, it's a fairy tale, the earth has always been, and from the beginning of time until now, things have continued on as they always were, and it will continue on as it always is. Here's what Peter has to say about those people. They deliberately forget. It means they're dumb on purpose. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of His command, and He brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then He used that water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and the earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. So Peter says the people who deny that there is a day when this earth will end and Jesus will return and time is up, they forget that it already happened once. Hello? And not just that they forget, but they deliberately deny it. There are people even in the church that don't believe in the flood. They don't believe Jesus created the earth in six days, and they don't believe the flood was global. And Peter says these are the people who will deny his coming and deny that when he comes, it's going to happen again with fire this time. So don't be in those groups. What I want to focus on, though, is this thinking of some people, mostly in the world, that it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's a fairy tale. It's a fable. It's a myth. Jesus isn't coming back. It's kind of like King Arthur kind of story, or some other ancient myth. No, we we believe Jesus is a real man. It's not what we Christianity is not a philosophy. It's not an idea. It's not a religion. We are following a real man who is really a king, who is really alive. And he doesn't exist in our minds, and he doesn't exist as some force in the universe, and he's not a good teacher of morality. He's a king who actually, truly, literally rules the universe, and he will come back and take over this planet and make everything right. So these people who say that isn't true, they say, since the beginning of time, everything has gone on as it's always gone on. Life and death and seasons and springtime and harvest and wars and poverty and riches and political wranglings and all of the human dealings that have gone on from the beginning of time are just going to continue forever until the sun burns out or we get swallowed by a black hole or whatever attacked by aliens or you know who knows what people think i want to show you that things are not going on as they always have there was a major 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 change in the world a hundred fifty years ago that we were born into and because we don't have any historical context we're kind of ignorant of what actually has happened, but things haven't gone on the same forever, and they aren't going on. We are in the middle of, I don't know about middle, but we are inside of cataclysmic change on the planet. That is a graph of world population from the beginning of recorded history until 2000. And yes, there is a blue line right here, but you can't see it. Because the world's population was so low, it doesn't register on that scale. And then here's Jesus. This is where we switch from. This is all B.C. Here's A.D. There's Jesus. Somehow the Earth's population took a little jump, but then it leveled off. And then in 18, the early 1800s, And we are over 7 billion people now. We did not cross 1 billion until the 1850s, which most of you think steam engines were a long time ago. In world history, that was a blink of an eye. We're in the middle of something very, very dramatic that is massive change that is unimaginable to anybody before Abraham Lincoln. Who again, a lot of you think is a long time ago, but that wasn't. It was a blink of an eye. But do you see that, that line? It is not true that all things have gone on since they have from the beginning. They did for 6,500 years. But we're in utter change. I'm not talking calamity. I'm not talking disaster into the world kind of stuff. I'm just just right now, I'm just showing you the numbers. that We are in the middle of, we're 150 or 170 years into a change that is absolutely unprecedented, unimaginable. And we don't know where this thing's going with these so here's world population. This only shows to 2,000. So we are somewhere now in between 7 and 8 billion people. We are adding, we're adding millions and millions of people a day. For six and a half to 9,000 years of this, the Bible timeline doesn't go back that far, but the population did not change. It did go on as it has from the beginning. 150 years ago, something pretty dramatic changed. Where do all those people live? There's a population graph of the world that shows each country in the size proportion to the number of people that live there. I believe India has passed China as the number one for the number of people. Notice how small Canada is. <laughs> Russia gets pretty tiny. Some countries pretty much completely disappear off the map. Others look disproportionately large, like Pakistan, right there, Bangladesh, which is not a large country at all, but it has a lot of people, there are areas of the world that are exploding in population, and that is not the way it's always been, and it hasn't creeped up, it hasn't been this slow rise on the graph, it was nothing, and then it was skyrocket. Hello, you know about graphing things with math and X and Y axis like that. And it was, right turn, we're going to change. God's doing something in history and because we were born into this world with cars and telephones and moon landings, we forget that for 6,000 years people did not live the way we live and our lives are completely unimaginably different from anybody in world history. Come on. There's another graph that shows an estimate out to 2050. This professor or whoever made this graph estimates that we will pass nine, maybe even nine and a half billion in the next 35 years. We are up between seven and eight somewhere now. It was not very long ago, it was when I was teaching in Elgin, that we passed 7 billion. And we're not only just growing, we're growing faster. It's taken us much shorter period to go from 6 to 7 billion than it, than it did from 1 to 2 or 3 to 4 or 5 to 6. It's not just skyrocketing, it's shooting faster as we go up. So who knows where that number might go. But, there, you know, there's all sorts of political agendas that go along with this and politics about overpopulation and food production and disease and so on. That's not at all what I want to talk about. Because again, I'm not here to talk about calamity or disaster or scare you as a lot of end times preachers want to sell their books. I'm just here to talk about Jesus. What is He doing? What are His plans? His kingdom being established on the earth. I told you that last Sunday. We're not here to... I mean, we do this series about all this stuff, we're not going to get an argument about pre-trib and post-trib rapture and what does 666 mean and all that stuff. That is not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in Jesus. So again, I'm not here to talk about the politics of all this stuff and the calamities that people predict and global warming and, and just all that stuff. I'm here to say Jesus is up to something. The world is not continuing on as it always has. Something has dramatically changed, and we are near the end of it. There's another population graph that shows also some of the peaks of history, or the time periods in history, and the inventions that went along with this precipitous rise in Earth population. The next thing that I made on the screen is too small to show up, so you're going to get a copy on paper. So ushers are going to hand out this little timeline that I made to show you in a timeline fashion what has happened in the last 150 years. Since what we call the Industrial Revolution, when machines began to be invented. This graph is not population. This is the number of world-changing inventions by century. Do you notice a similarity in the graph line? This is not, world population is not the only thing that has changed. Our understanding of physics and machines and electronics, it doesn't take much sense to know that things have changed drastically, that our knowledge has increased in the last hundred and fifty years, right? Great grandpa, Sarah's grandpa was farming with a horse and did not have indoor plumbing when he was born and when he died we'd been to the moon 10 years ago. I mean that's a that's a lifetime of drastic change. To go from outhouses to the moon. To go from horses to the space shuttle. Come on. Things are not continuing as they always have. This is the not the number of inventions, this is the number of world-defining inventions like the firearm, or the cannon, or indoor plumbing, or the iPhone. You know, that changed the world. It, it did, really. All right, so this line here, it's not that there were zero inventions, it's just that this scale is so large it looks flat and nothing happened until the middle 1700s, and then the 1800s, it just skyrocketed because that's when all our stuff that we use now was invented, beginning with the steam engine and the mechanical sewing machine and the revolver and the steel plow, God bless John Deere. (laughs) Then we got steam ships and we got the cotton gin and all these machines that did our labor for us and now we don't build machines to do labor for us we build machines to play on but uh, the number of inventions our knowledge is expanding explosively to the point that again our lives our comfort from our vehicles to our central heating to our pocket computers that have more computing power than what went on the Apollo missions to the moon. We carry them around in our pocket and we're upset when it doesn't download in five seconds. <laughs> our lives are completely unimaginable to our great-grandparents who thought that it was amazing when there was a self-moving carriage that we went down the road without horses what in the world is coming next we have absolutely exploded in our knowledge and not even just inventions but just knowledge and understanding of everything from biology and medicine to astronomy to human relationships to everything this is the chart of big world changing inventions by century from Jesus' day here to 2000 here Okay, so I made this one. This is a little timeline that shows you some major Bible characters and some major events and constructions on the earth, and it's too small to show up on the screen for anybody passed about here. <laughs> so I gave it to you on paper. You can, you can look at this as we go along. But I just want you to see that shows the entire 6,000 years of the Bible timeline from Adam and Eve to us. And when the major characters lived... And what was built on the earth that still exists, Stonehenge and the pyramids were built back here sometime between 3 and 2000 BC, between Noah and Abraham. The Parthenon was built about 500 years before Jesus. The Mayan pyramids in Mexico and Guatemala, European cathedrals. So those of you who think that Christopher Columbus and Leonardo da Vinci were a long time ago, notice how close they are to you on that timeline. That's recent history. Okay, 500 years is not much in the world world timeline. And then I put George Washington and World War II on there because some of you think World War II was a long time ago, even though there's people alive in the room who remember it. You think it was a long time ago. And notice, in this, on your paper, you can, I know you can't see it up here, but you can see it on your paper, that purple section of the timeline right there, that is what we call the Industrial Revolution, where all of the steam and electrical powered machines that were invented in the 1800s and the early 1900s, that's it, right there. The blue period right here is what we call the technological revolution which is from the moon landing to the iPhone. Things that we've invented now. Do you see how short of a time period that is? Do you understand that all of our ancestors from here to here lived pretty much exactly the same. They had horses, sailing ships, and swords. Hello? Bows and arrows. If they wanted to get somewhere, they walked, they rode a horse, they got on a sailing ship. And then all of a sudden, BOOM! We go from the gasoline engine to the moon in less than seventy years in a very 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 short time period Freedom was shocked to find out we had the atomic bomb before we had color film (laughs) which is not exactly true, color film just wasn't there's actually very little color photos of World War II Um, but there there are a few, it just wasn't very common but all of what you think is the world today happened in this very very short time period and again those of you who think medical discoveries like penicillin and smallpox vaccinations happened a long time ago it is very recent any sort of machine that we use is very very new there's been an explosion of activity and information and learning and invention Things are not going on like they always have. And again, it is so instant in history. Do you understand how I'm using that word? We, looking back in our very short lifetimes, looking back, think that the Civil War was a long time ago. But looking at time as a whole, it is instant that this stuff happened. There wasn't a slow buildup. God's got something going on. Here's a casualties of war. And I looked and looked for a chart that would go back further in history but I couldn't find any. Apparently only American professors are interested in this. I could only find them for American wars but look at that bottom one, the bottom left there, the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812. The Revolutionary War lasted longer than the Civil War. Do you see that? This, the Revolutionary War, lasted longer than the Civil War. What happened in between? Pre-loaded cartridges, what we you would call a shell with brass and a bullet instead of ramrod muzzleloader stuff. Rifling, which made it much more accurate and automatic weapons, the Gatlin gun in the Civil War and then the machine gun in World War I. More people died in war in the 1900s, World War I and II and other global conflicts, more people died in war in the 1900s than all world history put together before that because we learned how to kill each other really well. There's an explosion of, no pun intended, of technology in war. Looking at the destruction, not of our atomic bomb in Japan, but of our regular explosive ordnance in Berlin. President Truman, after the war, driving tour through the city, he said, I believe that technology has surpassed morals by some decades because we just annihilated each other across the entire planet. I wish that I could go back and show you older wars than this. Not obviously in America, but just world war. and you, you see as the, if this chart went backward in history, you would see the numbers are all very similar because when you're fighting with swords and cannons it's a big battle when 20 people die. You know, or or even a thousand. That's huge. It's massive the Civil War comes along, that number is kind of inflated because every casualty was American. But uh, you definitely see World War I and II, Korea and Vietnam, massive numbers of death. The yellow is death by disease, the red is actually the people that were killed in action. Another comparison to show what's going on now. Here is the Revolutionary War deaths versus Civil War, World War I and II. And this is the babies that have been killed in America alone by legalized abortion since 1973. That stat is, is quite old. It says 52 million. That's, it's, it's much more than that now. Several thousand a day. Things are not going on as they always have. It is true that babies and children have died throughout history. It is true even that abortion is not a new idea. But it is new that it's legal. No government, no society, no culture has ever thought it was intelligent to wipe out its future. Things are not going on as they always have. There are three times in history when babies were killed in mass. One of them was, both of them, a picture of what is happening today. One of the first one was in the Bible when Moses was born. And the Egyptians killed all of the baby Israelite boys because... They wanted to lower the population, but what was going on in the spirit was that God's enemies knew more so even than the people on the earth, they knew this is the season when the Deliverer is being born. And we don't know who that is, so we'll just kill them all. Are you with me? Then it happened again when Jesus was born. Satan, the devil, was behind it all. It's Herod's plan. But we're going to kill all the baby boys because we don't know who the deliverers are. In both of those seasons, not only was a specific baby born who was a deliverer of God's people, it was a complete change, a brand new covenant season between God and somebody on earth. With Moses, the Israelites specifically, with Jesus, it was all of us. Well, many, many, many millions times more babies. This is just America. Abortion's legal in most of the world. You see the worldwide numbers, you can't even hardly imagine how big they are. Because the generation that's been born since 73 are the deliverers that will literally change universal history. It's time. It has not always been going on. Something very dramatic is changing in the heavenlies, and Satan wants to wipe it out so that it can't happen here. I don't know who it is. In fact, he probably knows it's all of them. I'm going to kill as many of them as I can. And that has not happened before. Amen. That's terrible news there. Remember back to two weeks ago, they're all in heaven. Satan's just populating heaven because God wins no matter what he does. And it is a sign that he knows Time is up, and there is a covenant change. There is a totally new epoch of history upon us. There is a deliverer generation that we'll talk about next week that is the harvest generation that will literally reap the earth in evangelism and salvation like a combine over the surface of the planet don't miss next Sunday. (laughs) And the devil wants to wipe those people out. Tell you specifically who they are next Sunday. Here's another graph. World per capita GDP. GDP is gross domestic product. So all of the economies of the entire world combined, divided by the number of people on the planet, how much does the world economy produce per person? from 1,600 to 2,000. Uh, we don't, we can't go back further than that because the numbers don't exist. We could probably estimate it if some historian professor wanted to figure that out. But this chart, the blue and the red lines are just different professors and they're different... Um, estimations but notice just even from 1600 from 400 years ago the line is completely flat at either like $100 or $500 per person is what the value of all the economic activity of the entire planet produced and it's completely flat there was no change and then all of a sudden boom right hand turn skyrocket explosion massive release of wealth hello Now, this doesn't mean that we all now have $7,000 per person, it's just average. Obviously, there are people who live still in mud shacks, and there are people who live in multi-million dollar homes, but on the average, which per capita means per person, when you average the number out, that number has skyrocketed. When did it start to go up? Right there, 150 years ago. The chart looks exactly the same. Wonder if that's significant. No matter what number we look at, the graph is the same. <laughs> Something happened a hundred and fifty years ago, where God changed, He released knowledge into the earth, and we, technologically and medicine and just every source of information, and inventions and technology, just exploded, for good and bad. Here's an income per person graph, and these are not dollars, they're just a scale on this side. This is a timeline from 1,000 B.C. to 2,000 showing that income per person, again, as an average over the whole world, rose and and fell along this line until, oh, look at that, 150 or 200 years ago, and then, boom, skyrocket. Now, again, that's not the average income of persons. That's per capita, which means we take the entire income of the whole world divided by the population. So, obviously, there's people that don't make anything, and there's people that have all of it. But the amount of wealth in the world exploded. Boom. Consumer Price Index, and this is United States only, so I know that it doesn't perfectly correlate to everything, but this is our Consumer Prices Index chart. Average price of a selected number of goods in the United States. Fairly flat from 1800, but rising very, very sharply now in recent history. I know that the end of America doesn't mean the end of the world, but That spells the end of America. Again, these are U.S. numbers. So I understand they don't correlate completely, but this is our federal budget. The red line is our expenditures, and the blue line is our income uh, from the U.S. government, federal government only. Beginning in 1940s and 50s, and again, this precipitous rise in that spending. This is the federal deficit. (laughs) How much more we're spending than what we're bringing in. Fun numbers. But again, just notice the precipitous rise, the increase, the proliferation of everything. Global life expectancy. Boom. Right-hand corner. Again. Again. Again, the average life expectancy, so 25 years old doesn't mean you lived to 25 and then you died. But so many children and young people died of diseases that the average life expectancy was 25 years old. Most of the world before 150 years ago, if you were 50, you were old. Now, 70s the new 50. <laughs> All the 50-year-olds said, amen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look at that. Does this not amazing? Something happened 150 years ago. The world is not continuing it as it always has. And we're kind of like the frog in the pot where as the water gets hotter, he doesn't notice. So we were born after this all started and we are so used to skyrocketing change that we don't understand, we don't have a long enough historical context and view to understand how our great-great-grandparents would think about our lives. They, would, they wouldn't even have language for how we live, much less be able to look at us and, and understand what we speak about and how we live and what we do. And It's just mind-blowing. The pace. With which things are changing, and I know even that those of you who are older than me have enough of a context to know that things are speeding up. That even though the oldest person here is born after this starts, and we're born in the age of the automobile and indoor plumbing and and you know whatever, you know, but uh, you have enough of a context to know that even that is speeding up which is lost on those that are in their teens and 20s, but they'll notice it by the time they're 40, and they'll talk about the younger generation, where are they headed and what are they doing. (laughs) They're going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket. The world is so much more evil now than when I was a kid. I don't know how we could get there but we probably will. Sin is proliferating like never before either thanks to the internet. But that's not my topic. Just throw that in for free, no charge. We have this right-hand turn in history that happened 150 years ago with what we call the Industrial Revolution. When Steel and steam-powered machines used to be brand new hot technology. And when that happened, I say that that was not an accident. That if humanity by ourselves, without the influence of any heavenly divine plan, if we had been destined to figure all this stuff out on our own, there would have been a nice sloping angle to our discovery and our history. But no, our ancestors lived the same as their ancestors, as their ancestors, as their ancestors, with horses and sailing ships and swords and bows and arrows for 6,000 years. And right at the very end, we take off like a rocket in our understanding of everything. I mean, how many of our great-grandparents would have loved to have a knee replacement? But they just had to live with their knee that wouldn't work. And we complain when the knee replacement isn't completely comfortable. How many people in world history, bajillions, have lived without air conditioning? And we can't stand to be hot. Our own inventions have made us seriously lazy and cushy and fat. They have. As a species, we are out of shape because we have machines to do everything for us. Hello. We have to go to a machine to get in shape. (laughs) We don't work anymore. We pay and go to a machine that exercises us. We're so totally not anything like all of earth's history. And I'm not saying this in any bad negative connotation. I'm saying this is just a sign that God is up to something. Something drastically, utterly changing. And because our lives are so short, we don't see the full picture. The Bible says we are grass in the field that is here today and gone tomorrow. We are a wisp of wind, Jesus said David said, I'm nothing, I'm a breath before you, God. Our lives are so short, we don't see his full perspective. Because we live in a local place, we don't see what he's doing in the whole globe. But things have dramatically changed. In Daniel 12.4, the angel tells Daniel, at the end, people will run to and fro and knowledge will increase. Do all of these graphs not show that? Do we not run to and fro? I mean, come on. It is likely your great-grandparents didn't ever get very far from home. Most people in world history have never traveled more than a few miles from home unless they were a soldier in an army that went somewhere. Unless they were a sailor, they really didn't go anywhere. And even in my lifetime, things have changed. I have an 87 Chevy pickup that has 150,000 miles on it, and I had a 2,000 Ford pickup that had 175,000 miles on it. Do you not drive a whole lot more than you ever did before? I mean, you go to buy a used vehicle, and the miles are crazy high, but even... You older people in your 50s and 60s and your parents would never have imagined a vehicle with that many miles on it because it didn't last that long, but also you didn't go anywhere compared to where we go today. I read a stat while I was looking all this stuff up that in the 1960s, the average CEO um, for business travel, the American CEO of a business in the 60s, flew 250 miles a year. And now, I mean, that's like... To Boise and back to Ontario. <laughs> and now, what, do we, what, do we, what does the average CEO fly? It was, it was insane, actually. It was near 100,000 miles a year that they travel for business. And I mean, how many miles do we just drive alone? You truckers put up the rest of us to shame, I'm sure, but we are running to and fro, and knowledge is increasing, skyrocketing. Increase, and the angels told Daniel that's one of the signs that it's the end. There will be an explosion of knowledge. So again, I'm not here to necessarily go into specifics, or I'm certainly not here to preach doom and gloom. I'm just telling you Jesus is up to something, and here is what He told us to think about it. Luke 12, when He said to the multitudes, "Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west," Immediately you say, a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the wind, south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you do not discern this time? Speaking specifically of watching for his second coming. We're going to talk about, over the next few weeks, beginning next week with the harvest, we're going to talk about exactly what Jesus said had to happen before his return, it's going to take a few weeks, three or four. We'll go through, again, I'm, I'm trying very hard not to make this a sermon series where you have to have been here in the past to understand what I'm talking about today. So each topic one week at a time, but we're going to go through several weeks of what did Jesus say specifically had to happen before he comes back. Because he said, you know how to read the weather signs you better know how to read the heavenly signs. He instructed us to. I've told you in the past, I'm turned off by a lot of preachers that focus on end-time stuff because they're really just selling fear. And I think it's incredibly arrogant that they think they've figured out as much as they think they have. Trying to figure out all the numbers and all that stuff. That is not where we're going. But Jesus said, "You, you know the weather, you better know what's blowing in the spirit. Well, I'm telling you he's up to something because things that they are not continuing as they always have major drastic immeasurable change is happening because we're right in the middle of it we don't notice it so much but it's there we're going to meet him very soon yeah yeah Lord Jesus we love you, we bless you, we praise you, thank you for your word, thank you for your guidance, thank you for directing us how to think, thank you for telling us of who you are and what you'll do and what you're up to. Lord we trust your word, we believe it specifically, we know that you said exactly what you mean and you mean what you said and we joyfully, gladly, happily look forward to being reunited with you. We love you and we praise you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name.